0: expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers.
1: You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basili.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, What a great show we've got planned for you today. I want to give a shout-out to all of you out there that... um have been following us for this is our 10th year here when this September we have a 10 year anniversary right on this station and it is going to be a fun time in the town that night Uh, I want to thank all of you for however you follow us and I know there are so many ways these days some of you are listening right now on your phones Um, others will get this downloaded from iTunes or simply go to the archives as you always do and uh, listen uh, throughout your day, thank you so much. Radio has certainly taken on a different uh, face since um, I started ten years ago in this genre. Um, and for those of you that are wondering, um, this is what this was like for us. Ten years ago, there wasn 't anything that was called positive talk radio. You know interviews like the one we 're getting ready to have right now mostly happen on television, but most of talk radio was pretty much political. And to this day, it is. And thanks to a number of very rapidly growing networks like Voice America, um, KKNW, WBOQ, CBS, and there are many others, uh, and uh, my own network, Transformation Talk Radio, we're bringing you a fresh kind of radio. Conversations about the things that you want to know about. And today's show is uh, exactly one of those. You know, we all get to say yes to certain things in our lives. And, you know, today it's about introducing you to, you know, this incredible, what do I want to say? This incredible, amazing partner, someone that is not afraid to take on the tough topics. But more importantly, you know, Cheryl Cohen Green has been in the world of sex, sex Sexuality since 1973. And what I love about that is that this is almost next to money, one of the least things anybody talks about. These days, you can have a, a more interesting conversation about spirituality and re- religion than you can about sex and money. Well today, this is going to be an eye opener for a lot of you. You know, what is it about our culture that keeps us in the closet? about who we are, As sexual beings and most importantly, you know, what is it about us that inhibits us from coming out and being the complete people we were meant to be? Uh, Cheryl is joining me here today. She has worked as a surrogate partner. She's helped clients confront, consider and ultimately accept their sexuality. And this is the memoir, an intimate life, sex, love and my journey as a surrogate partner. And this is the show today. Let's get Ready for a very candid look into the personal and professional life of my guest, Cheryl Cohen Green. Cheryl, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to be talking to you.
1: You know, let's start out in kind of an interesting, an interesting way for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we just got through the Oscars. We got just got through the Golden Globe Awards, right? And no. for the first time, there were a bunch of people, <laughs> believe it or not, this is true, right? Uh, watching Helen Hunt and in, in the film The Sessions, right? Yeah. And, right. and, and how many of those people actually realized what that film was about? Not
2: many. No, and, I, I, not many. I mean, no, <laughs> fully, what it was about, right?
1: Right. I, I mean... I can imagine you watching the Oscars, if you did, or the Golden Globes, and seeing the presentation of this film and the role, you know, that uh, Helen Hunt played and thinking to yourself, wow, I must have been a pioneer long before anybody was even talking about this. What was it about your life that pointed you? What was the tipping point for you, and when did it happen?
2: Um, I think the tipping point, well, I know the tipping point. Um, I married my first husband when I was young, I was 19, and I had left the church about a year and a half before that when a priest, this is the tipping point, when a priest said to me during confession, and I was one of those people that literally, I believed that I needed to tell the truth in confession, I was taught that by the nuns, you know, you told the lie in confession, you omitted a, a sin, you knew was a sin, that was like a compound mortal sin and mortal sins were the worst and so I was I was being sexual with my boyfriend and I confessed you know I confessed since I was a little kid when I discovered masturbation so here I am in confession talking about what was going on and I'm, you know, I'm feeling guilty and ashamed, but I also know I have all these strong feelings that I, at that point, was told were sinful, and the devil was, you know, testing me, and I was failing miserably in God's eyes. And this priest says to me, "It's girls like you that ruin young boys' lives."
1: Uh-huh. And
2: I, I, you know, it, I, I had, I said to him immediately, "What about my life, Father?" And his response was nothing. He just uh-huh. started giving me my penance. I stood up and I'd never done this before i had always said my penance I everything I got up and I walked out of the confessional and I left the church and that moment I left the church uh, emotionally I mean I carried it with me for years afterwards the church I felt so sad that day um, I you know I couldn't tell anybody what had happened because of what it involved you know that I was being sexual a, half, a year and a half later I met Michael Cohen and he was four years older than I he had an amazing um, comfort with his sexuality. I'd never met a young, well, mostly I was with my two boyfriends, One, not at the same time, but, you know, I had two boyfriends in high school, serious boyfriends. Um, nobody, we had never talked, we had never shared the way Michael and I talked. It, Michael told me that I was not a bad person, that I didn't deserve the fires of health, for first of all and he said and how can you believe in a god that's right. less compassionate than you are right. and that struck me so deeply that that was it i was on my way and i started you know it, it, it was a long process i immediately uh, got pregnant probably within a month of being married i was going to wait three years and i was pregnant a month later and i was afraid i was afraid because if, if you read my book you'll find that i had a really awful relationship with my mother She was very angry at me a lot, and uh, and would go after me physically. I mean, a therapist once said that I was abused. I didn't even put those words together. I mean, but she she was one of those people that wouldn't just spank you. She could she'd go on and on with me, and I you know I didn't know what was wrong with me that my mother felt that way. So I didn't want to have children. I thought maybe I'd feel that way about mine. So that was the beginning of the process of me starting to delve into me deeply. And and being open about my sexuality, started talking openly. Therapists can be wonderful help. I mean, it's a tool. You know, it's not something you have to go to forever. But at various points in my life, I've used therapies with really good therapists. If I go in and I can't talk about something with a therapist because I can sense that they're uncomfortable, I, I try to find somebody I can talk to.
1: You know, I, this is really exci- I, this is really exciting for me to have this conversation with you. Isn't it interesting what that confessional was like, that That's first amazing. confessional, so to speak? You know, you and I both grew up Catholic, uh, oh. and um, you know, in 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 the experiences we've had, the guilt and shame, right? That yes. that comes from this is is devastating, uh, isn't it, Cheryl? I mean, it's oh, I devastating.
2: Agree it is and i was only six years old when they were starting to tell us what sins were preparing us for our first communion i had a priest one tell once tell me i lecture a lot and i speak at different grad schools and i was in the midst of this uh... afternoon of training uh... where i was presenting my work and this priest was attending he was getting his masters in counseling and during a break he had heard what i said about you know my why i how i my path to to surrogate practice he said to me, you know, uh, the church is still considers you a Catholic, a member. I said, please take my names off the rolls. I would love, <laughs> I want a document. I want my excommunication document because I'm going to frame it and put it right by my doctorate. <laughs> I would like yeah. that very much. <laughs> and he said, you had an immature Catholic upbringing. I said, well, they had an obligation to treat to treat me with enough respect so that I didn't walk away the way I left. You know, if they felt that I was re- were, that we were uh that was immature, how do they know people aren't going to walk away like I did and wounded the way I was? I mean, it doesn't seem to even p- cross anybody's mind when they're doing what they do with kids. Exactly. Well,
1: it doesn't, and you know, you and I grew up in the same uh, era. Let's say, Cheryl, you know, mm-hmm. we we, we kind of grew up when the whole issues of sexuality, um, you know, in in the, in Catholicism were really under the table. You know, there's not a conversation that was going to happen. Let alone a conversation if you know you happened to be interested in a same-sex partner, and you know, all of mm-hmm. this must have actually just fury infuriated you. But more importantly. Catapulted you to do what you do. Uh, it did. It, it, it's a it, there's that. Well, oh, I, I'm not going to do this. Okay, let me do it. Silver lining, right? There's this. <laughs> there's this. I know you're laughing, right? There's yeah. this silver lining about this. But how did it feel for you? This is my question. How did it feel for you in watching all of these award shows and having Helen Hunt stand up there? and 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 having people, perhaps, and I would say I, this is in my my circle of friends for the first time, hear about this film, hear about this story. what was that like for you
2: It was amazing. I mean, I have been with the movie since oh God, June of two thousand and eleven we They started filming in LA. I had met Ben Lewin, the writer, and he's also the director, he's the screenwriter of the movie. In, uh, 2007, he and I found found me and we started talking and he decided that he was going to move, change the story about Mock after he and I met. Uh He just, he had read an article Mock had written about working with me called On Seeing a Sex Surrogate, he found it online, and then Mock's book How I Became a Human Being had an area where he was talking about working with me, and um, he wanted to meet me. That Once he heard my side of that story and he put that all together, I mean, I saw the movie again for the 12th time last night. I was here in Berkeley at the JCC, and there was a marvelous audience of older people and i was wondering they were laughing and crying right at the i mean i was just so impressed with this audience and they had the best questions but you know i i i met helen and helen and i uh sat together she took me out to lunch and then we went to her car and i I, I read her script to her with my Boston accent and I didn't know whether she was going to actually use it, but when I saw the movie at Sundance and she said, hello Mark O'Brien, I just started to laugh. I was uh-huh. so happy. Um, but she and I have become friends and I, I, I can't tell you how much I admire her, her bravery. You know, she took this role because it was such an interesting role and she says that she'd never read anything like this before. And when she takes a role, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that really touches her. So I felt like she touched, she represented what I do and what my peers and my field do. We're all very pleased. There are things that we wish, you know, people could understand better, like we don't always have sex that quickly. I mean, there's a process of increases intimacy with a client, but when a person is particularly disabled, like Mark, and they don't have a lot of time to be in therapy, we move into, well, we always move into sensual touch. I do in my first session if the client's ready for it, and I'm nude with them, but it does overall represent the compassion and the empathy that we have. I mean, if you're going to do the work we do, we don't feel sympathy for people. I come from a place where I've overcome my own feelings and, and shame and guilt. And so that helps me, informs me about how to approach, it, plus the training I've taken. And I want people to know, too, that we don't work all by ourselves. People may come to me and want to work with me, but I refer them to three or four therapists if I have the names of people in their area that I've worked with with and and the therapist and the client and I work as a team. But I actually got to go to the Academy Awards. I was there Sunday night. It was unbelievable. I mean, I, I cried. I was sitting there watching Barbara Streisand, but I and all these people I admired over the years, but Helen blew me away when I said to her afterwards at the governor's ball, I said she had the gown she had on was the color was gorgeous on her. And I said um, who are you wearing? And she said to me, H and M. Is it H and M or H and W? I hate to. Yeah, blow no, H and M. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I said H and M. She said yes. I'm. You know, I. And she had told me she was involved in this. Green movement, and she said, "Uh, "Yeah, I I mean this is a sustainable dress." And I said, "Oh my God, that's amazing!" You know, everybody's talking about their Prada and their Armani, and she's wearing H and M. And then she got criticized for that. I just couldn't believe how petty. I mean, there's so many things that she did was so amazing. We still our culture, the people who interview, they're all wrapped up in superficial. (laughs) What do you look like? Who are you wearing? Um it just kills me well, this
1: is really exciting because I think for many people, we got to shine a light on this in a way that, uh, um, only this kind of exposure could. We're going to take a short break here, Cheryl. When we come back, you know, all of you out there, Dr. Cheryl Cohen-Green joining us here today in Intimate Life. We're going to talk about what this really means. You know, what is it about sex love and her journey as a surrogate partner that is really shining a light on a new way to look at ourselves, to get rid of shame, to move beyond blame, and to really embrace the fullness of who each and every one of us is. We're going to take a short break. As we uh, continue this conversation, we're going, to, we're going to see what this life has been like. What is it that has sparked this absolute beauty and new way of looking at our sexuality, and I do call it a new way, uh, that has now set a new platform for people to discover? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with the show.
0: Change your coffee
3: experience forever with Kamano Island Coffee Roaster. Fair trade, certified organic, shade-grown, delicious coffee. The Kamano Island Coffee Roasters are giving back. Receive a free pound of the most popular single origin coffee, Papua New Guinea, to the first 250 callers. The number is toll-free, 855-438-8671. Just pay 8.95 95 shipping and handling, and you can try triple certified coffee for yourself. The number is toll-free, 855-438-8671. This is a free pound of coffee that retails at $16.95. Once you've tried this coffee, you will automatically be enrolled in the Coffee Lovers Club for free and will always receive free shipping and nearly 30% off retail of your coffee orders. This coffee is going to knock your socks off. That number again is 855-GET-TOP-1. We say top one because this coffee is the top 1% grade. That's 855-438-8671. Tune in to the Michelle Bond Show, Awaken to a New Reality, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. This call-in show with Vedic astrologer, expert, and holistic health practitioner, Michelle Bond, will give you insight to a wide range of topics. This hit show provides healthy, empowering knowledge and information and restores your health and well-being through learning the latest complementary and alternative
2: medicine modalities. Visit theMichelleBondShow.com.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. What a great show. An intimate life, sex, love, and my journey as a surrogate partner, Cheryl Cohen Green, uh, joining me here today. Uh, and for many of you uh, that have been following this, you know this is a, this is just a, I have to tell you, a breakthrough uh, piece of work that Cheryl has put together: the book, the movie, uh, and beyond. Because there is this idea of a sexual coming of age that happens to each and every one of us. How we come out on the other end of it. Is, is a real a predictor, and, and Cheryl has a doctor. She knows what I'm saying. This is a real predictor of what the heck we are going to do for the rest of our lives. And many of you out there that are listening to your, this show, you all know you fake orgasms. I'm just telling you right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is really the conversation. How many women have we, you know, that are listening to this or that you've been in front of have gone through the same experience as you? And what do you say to them? I mean, what do you say to folks that have read the book, that have seen the movie, that actually don't even know how to form their questions in speaking to you?
2: Well, you know, I've just been reading a book, I'm gonna plug this book, The Return of Desire by Gina Ogden. Um, I'm, I was reading it on the plane while flying to LA recently and she really is wonderful. Uh, she talks about really looking inward. Why do we get, why do we, as women in particular, we're caretakers. And when we're in the bedroom, we're taking care, many of us. You know, if we feel our partner, um we can't stop and say to our partner, You know what, honey, I, I I'm so glad you want to do whatever it is that person's doing, but it does it isn't feeling good or I'd like you to do it a little different or that's not my favorite thing, let's do this. We don't We lie there. I did the years before I started really getting into my own sexuality and honoring it and learning how to speak to my partner in a loving, caring way, not scolding and being able to ask for what I need and want. Most of us don't. We tolerate behavior and we hope, well, maybe he'll finish in a minute or two or this will stop. And This happens with men, too. I've had clients who were not able to speak to their partners and wondering why they lost an erection. Well, they weren't talking to their partner and the partner was hurting them. So, I mean, we really need a dialogue, all of us together, in a caring, loving way, where men think they're supposed to be the greatest lovers, and women are supposed to be these pristine little virgins. I mean, there are still people who believe that that's the case, and if a woman really knows her body, somehow she's been around the block too many times, so we all have to just kind of wait till the, the man or the woman reinvents the wheel. We need to communicate with each other, and her book, uh, The Return to Desire, really addresses is that. I I think also I have to, this is a a big stickler with me, we have to become the sex educators for our children. It's got to start with parents and there's a great book called talk to me first you can find it i found it online um it's fabulous for parents to be able to speak to their kids from a knowledgeable place that would help short circuit a lot of what goes on as they grow up they discover their sexuality they the kids shut up they don't talk to us because parents have already given them messages that it's not okay to discuss and those are the people that need to be discussing it with their children from not a place of guilt or shame, from knowledge. And that will stop a lot of the anger and depression we see in the world. I think that's a, a, a very big piece. We also have to have doctors be educated so that when they're talking to pediatricians and other doctors to be able to address people's sexuality when they come in. I mean, it's never discussed, because in medical school, you don't have to take a course in hum- human sexuality. In fact, most medical schools don't even have them. So it's it's a broad, uh, there's, a, there's a huge amount of uh, adjustment we could make in our culture. And people think of sexuality as just something, oh, oh, well, that's something we don't want to talk about. That's not okay. It's When I was growing up, it was something dirty, but you saved it for the one you loved. Yes. I'm sure you had that. You well,
1: you, you should, again, the one you love had to fit a certain category. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. when we're growing up, the one you love had to be of a certain color, had to be of a certain kind, had to be of a, a certain sex. You know, it, it, it had to be, had to be, had to be. And, right. you know, part of this, and let's talk about this for a minute, Dr. Cheryl, part of this is that, you know, there was a sort of a sexual revolution. You know, there was, I think PBS has got a special on about the women's movement. Which most young know, women you talk about today? I said. I asked a woman the other day. I said, you know, what do you think of the the effect that Gloria Steinem had? She turned uh, around to me and she said, Who?
2: Oh God, huh? yeah. I just heard her yesterday. On uh, she's in England and she was on a, uh, I was listening to NPR late at night and I was there was Gloria and I love that woman. I would give anything someday to meet her. She's she's um, she's still speaking. She's still right on. I mean, we as women need to take power, and it's not taking away from, but it's sharing. You know, we have to be look at our government. How few women are in there, and how many, how much confusion, and how it's. I mean, it just frustrates me when I watch some of the things that are going on. No, but Gloria is, is a goddess, as far as I'm concerned, and she's she's a powerful person, and I think it scares a lot of. Not all men, but a lot of men are afraid of what she has to say, and I'm finding that when I speak in large groups, like last night there was a wonderful group I mentioned earlier that I spoke to, uh, I was impressed because more men came to talk to me and they wanted to take my card, and I'm sure I'll be getting some phone calls, but also... This this was the most men who ever asked me questions in in a group, but mostly it's women who come up to me after I speak and tell me wonderful things and share share information with me. But I think the more I'm out there and other people like me are out there, you, we talk openly, we're not ashamed of what we're discussing, that's got to happen more often.
1: So let's talk about, you know, my gosh, there's so many things we could talk about, isn't there?
2: right
1: (laughs) Well, let me ask you a a question about what you're finding. This is the thing I think our listeners want to know because what what we're sensing is, you know, there's been so many beautiful things said about the film, uh, but there are so many things that are not said because Mm -hmm. we're still living in a place, Cheryl, you know this, right, where having this conversation is really hard, even with your best friend. Right? You you, you just can't have this conversation. When you're traveling around, what are people asking you? What is on their minds?
2: Well, a lot of times, uh, last night I had uh, two women come up. Um, One of them had a son who had uh, severe uh, cerebral palsy, and uh, he's never been sexual. He's very shy. So I, I gave her my card, and I said he and I should talk. Maybe I can find him, you know, help him um, just to talk to some people that I know in the disability community, get involved in a group, their sexuality groups. I live in a, on a an amazing city, Berkeley, California. There's so many... People were more open, and these discussions happen more freely. This is where Mark O'Brien was. This is where I am. This place is, um, that's what we need to do. The one, another woman, I've had breast cancer and lymphoma. Lymphoma when I was at 49, and at 61, I had breast cancer. And, I, you know, people come up to me, and last night a woman said, my daughter has breast cancer, and she isn't see, talking to anybody about it, and she's not doing well. And, I, you know, I said, let's have her call me. Here's my number. If she wants to talk to somebody who survived. How uh, support groups. Get in a support group. I, I still go to my support group and it's seven years since I've you know, was diagnosed and treated. Uh you know, so people come up and ask me that, people come up and tell me how ashamed they were. I know I was a Catholic, too, and I felt like I had, I, I lied in confession, and I was ashamed of myself for doing that, and it's so good to hear what you said about there can't be a God that's less compassionate than we are. You know, so I keep, people were coming and talking to me about so many things that I wrote about that I'm thrilled, but I know we were all, they, and they all look at me, most often these people have a look, almost like I could see their little kid in their face, you know, that that. Yeah, well, I haven't said this to anybody. Look, and its I'm so happy they're saying it to me, and maybe they'll say it to somebody else, and it'll open. I'm going to, uh, next, uh, on the 12th of March, I'm meeting with a mother and daughter book group. The daughters have one group, and the, the mothers have another group, and they're merging together. They're all reading my book. They've invited me for dinner. I'm going over to San Rafael, California to meet with them, and I am so excited that these women want me, and they, uh, I'm dying to find out what they want to ask me. It's going to be fun to, to have that conversation. So, I mean, it's happening. It's happening in small increments. Um, the, where I'd love to see this happening more is middle of the country. You know, there are I things think, happening I on now. I think it's
1: post. great. I think it's absolutely phenomenal where the questions are coming up for people, because what you've presented here, Dr. Cheryl, has been presented in a kind and loving way, and that's something that you know for a lot of people they've been waiting for. You know, what I think has been missing out of so many of the conversations, so many of the movies, are you know, is this level of kindness and respect around mm-hmm. sexuality. I want to talk to you about that when we come back. For you, those of you out there, Cheryl Cohen Green joining me here today, A Memoir, An Intimate Life, Sex, Love, and My Journey as a Surrogate Partner. But this is really much more than that for what her book and the movie The Sessions have meant to so many people. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk with this uh, amazing individual about what is this conversation <clears throat> really about, what is important for all of us to understand about the book, About the movie and about our lives. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. ourselves to help others and to help the planet hello everyone i'm sue london i'm karen hager i'm cj Liu. welcome to the dr pat show talk radio to thrive by these networks aren't concerned about sensationalizing bad news individual's setbacks. Powerful, inspiring. They focus on an amazing, innovative broadcast network. You can learn a lot. That helps people rise up. That helps people become empowered. Empowered living
0: radios where you can
1: find it. That helps people say yes to standing in the abundance and amazing. true empowerment. Transformation Talk Radio is one of these networks.
0: Transformative radio shows that will change your
1: life. Won't you join us? Join us on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Thank you, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Cheryl, uh, let's take a moment. Can you please let folks know how to find out more about you, how to get a copy of the book, and uh, definitely uh, what they can uh, know about uh, how to find out about the movie
2: The Sessions? Oh, for sure, it's out now in most uh, on DVD, and it's on demand on uh, Comcast. And it's—I think—the it, book is in a lot of wonderful bookstores. There are small bookstores. Amazon.com is another way to get it. I love going to small bookstores, local bookstores, and keeping them in business. So you know, if it's not there, they'll order it. But um, I also, uh, yeah, that—that'd be the best way to do it. If they want to find out more about me, if the book isn't, <laughs> doesn't give them enough information, I think I've poured my guts out in that book, um, go to my uh, website, uh, CherylCohenGreen.com. Wow. Cheryl,
1: here we are.
2: Most of mm-hmm. us have seen the movie.
1: I get to read your book. Um, we look and we take an intimate look into your life. Yeah. Was this scary for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cheryl's like, yes, next question. <laughs> no, it
2: was. It was. You know, I have family. I, I'm, unfortunately, my mom, one, fortunately, my mother and I, the last seven years, beeping, it'll go away. Okay. Um, my mother and I found each other. I, I had gone through enough therapy where I could just say, you know, but I, I don't want to do what we used to do together. So my mom and I, I, I told my mother, I'll forgive you. You forgive me. And I write about how she had this sort of an epiphany in church where the priest was talking about forgiveness, and she wrote me a beautiful letter. And we, I said, we have to stop talking about the past. I don't know how long I have, and you don't know how long you have, because I had already survived lymphoma. She, she was gone when I got uh, when I had breast cancer. And my mother heard me and we never talked about the past about how the you know the frustration and things that she had gone through when i was younger i wanted to know more about my mother she couldn't even remember most of her childhood so something happened to her but that was just an amazing um, experience, being able to do that with her. But my dad and I was alive while a movie was being made, and he, he was always wanted to be in a movie. He's a dancer. He's a professional ballroom dancer. He sang. He plays the piano. He was amazing. He lived in just shy of his 91st birthday. He said, you know, if they need an extra for that movie, let, let, me, let them know I'm ready. <laughs> and unfortunately, he died. But he they both knew what I did for work. In fact, Mark O'Brien. The man that the Sessions is about, and the and the and the article on seeing a sex surrogate who wrote that. Mac uh, and I were seeing each other, and I told my mother that I. She said we were talking about my work, and I said, "Mom, I am working with a man who is, lives in an iron lung and gets out very for three or four hours a day." And she looked at me, and she, I said, "Now I can work with him. He's discovering his sexuality, and I'm helping him go on that journey with him." She said. I said I can do it because of you and I was a child my mother was so compassionate and wonderful with this, this disabled girl who lived in our neighborhood often found them together at home my mother made her tea and she'd be having you know cookies with my mom when I'd get home also other people I, I all, we all watch our parents you watch your father while he was percolating the coffee on Saturdays right. Right. I watched my mother all the time I adored her that, so it was very painful when she and I weren't getting along so my mother was kind to people who ha- who were differently abled. and i never saw her talk down to any of them it was always respectful and i said you were my role model for being able to do the work that i do and she said to me oh would you please tell your dad that i said of course i will you know and, and this these were bonding moments my fa- father thought it, you know he was concerned but then he realized that what I, was do- what I was doing was really important. And the rest of my family, I still have lots of family in Massachusetts, my family here in California, I raised my kids while I was working as a surrogate. They were eight and five when I started working as a surrogate. And they, my, I remember the day I was leaving, I was using a friend's apartment before I got a space to work in, and my daughter asked me, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to work. She said, what are you doing? Because I had been doing some nude modeling at different colleges, uh, and I, because I wanted to get over my discomfort with nudity and, in public. Not that I wanted to rock around Berkeley naked, but, you know, just being more comfortable in my own skin. And she said, uh, I wasn't carrying my bag of props. <laughs> I used to bring drapes <laughs> and all sorts of things with me to model. She said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to work, and I, she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to help people who don't feel good about their sexuality feel better about it. And her response was, oh, and that was it. That's all the kids needed to know right then. As they got older, I mean, they're 47 and 44 now, but if, as they were growing up, we were always open and comfortable talking about sexuality with them. When they asked a question, we asked them, answered it appropriately. Not too much information, no No overwhelming, but, you know, giving them accurate information. And um, that's how it's gone along all these years. And my children, people say to me, aren't you lucky? Well, yes, I am. My son and his wife and my grandchildren live. We have a piece of property in Berkeley with a house in the back, and I'm in the front in a duplex. My daughter just moved into one side. My son and my grandchildren and and my daughter-in-law live behind me. I mean, it's absolutely a dream come true. If I want to see them, I can run down my back stairs. And people have, my. I think I'm a role model in my own world and in my family for people to come out and be more relaxed and more comfortable with this topic, and I would love to see that everywhere.
1: Yes, and you really have opened up the door. And I say you, you uh, as the author, you as the person, and, you know, you through Helen Hunt. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, this is really, and first of all, let me comment on the book for a minute. For those of you just tuning in, you know, I'm I'm here with Dr. Cheryl Cohen-Green, An Intimate Life, uh, Sex, Love, and My Journey as a Surrogate Partner. Uh, of course, this is a memoir, and for those of you that were like, what is that movie, The Sessions, right? Most of you yeah. out there, Helen Hunt, I didn't even Yes, it is a movie, and it's amazing, and I just want everybody out there, you know, to, to know that this is really an important conversation, important in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, Cheryl, I want to just ask you a question about some of the, the what I say is the challenges. There, there had to be many challenges along the way for you in saying yes to your life purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. and stepping forth and doing what it was that felt so right for you to do. And you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to share those with folks because sometimes we do these interviews, we have these conversations, clearly you beat cancer, you know, we're talking about the many things, but I mm-hmm. don't know that folks really get how heartbreaking some, some points in time in this journey must have been for you.
2: Yes you know i I happened to if I were doing what i the work that I chose to get involved in, I couldn't have been in a better place to do that to start discovering it. Uh, it was all happening here in California in this like I said I started in nineteen seventy three but i was I remember looking at my husband um, at my husband Michael at the time he and I were still married, and he said I said to him, well I guess I'll never be first lady. <laughs> thinking, okay, you know how, you know how, you know, these, these ridiculous scandals that people yeah. make such a big deal out of. I mean, in Europe, they just laugh at us. But, I, you know, I really felt that this, this called to me, I don't, I, I don't know how lucky, I feel so, you're fortunate. Dr. Pat you found your calling I found mine yeah. it happened to be in a field that I had to be very careful in the very beginning I learned quickly that if I was at a cocktail party you know when somebody said what do you do I don't tell them what I do because <laughs> that's right that would be the you know the topic of conversation I remember there were friends of mine who would invite us to their home and they were quite comfortable and they had a beautiful house in the hills and they were always inviting us and I real Michael and I realized that we were the we were the odd couple that they Love to invite because then there was they would tell everybody about me and then oh you're the person that uh so-and-so told me about and i always started not enjoying that you know being this the the i guess we were the uh the the part of their party that they felt like this we've got to have the cohen's because it's always yes. going to make people really interesting yeah. That Our houses, we get them up here and they'll open up. So I started closing down because I didn't like the attitudes and people were, I didn't want to be defensive. I'm not defensive about what I did, what I do. My husband said to me, Cheryl, the worst thing you can do is be defensive. And it's true. In the early years, I'd get these sarcastic remarks like, well, what are you going to do when you're 50 and you're an old lady and nobody wants you? You know, I would, what? It's not. Peter Coyote said at the uh, Mill Valley Film Festival about the movie, he said, this movie is not about sex, it's about intimacy. And that's so true. The whole practice of surrogate partner therapy is about intimacy, allowing people to be intimate, to learn what it is, to learn what it isn't to be able to acknowledge who they are, where their comfort levels are, and expand them if they can, and to be open about what it is that they felt shame about in the past. The therapist is amazing an amazing part of the whole process. I learn things when I'm working with clients that the therapist may or may not have ever heard from the client, but we share it. I mean, the client knows that I'm going to share with the therapist. Where They are the most important component in this team to get them to a place where they can walk out into the world feeling a sense of comfort and joy in who they are in this in their sexuality so they take it into their next relationship and i can't think of a better i no. mean if people are in any kind of practice where they're helping other people feel more comfort in who they are i mean what what better job can you have
1: well in not only that you really nailed it and the book title is perfect
2: um, Cheryl, mm-hmm. an intimate
1: life, you know, because mm-hmm. it, intimacy, it, some people call it, 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 you know, we talk about, you know, lost art. Intimacy, they say, is a lost art. And it goes really by the wayside in mm-hmm. terms of the time, the schedule, how busy we are. We I, I, actually, we need to, and I think this is what you've done. I think what you've done is you have redefined it for this culture, for this age, you have created a redefined platform for people to aspire to. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to tell you exactly what that is. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. My very special guest joining me here today. A great book, An in Intimate Life, Sex, Love, and My Journey as a Surrogate Partner. Yes, the film is The Sessions. When we come back, uh, Cheryl and I will talk about intimacy that you can bring in your life today we'll be right back
3: ladies are you living an inspired life do you yearn for a more passionate dream-filled life here's linda joy founder of aspire magazine
2: and she has a gift for you aspire has launched its mission to inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe Every
3: subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an
1: inspired life.
2: Glenna Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic tele-series designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennaRice.com to learn more and to book a private session or dial 415-235-2807.
1: Tune in each Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Awakening Radio with Patricia. This hit show awakens your dormant, divine, feminine energy. The Awakening Show is the next step on your evolutionary journey through life. Get ready to awaken the dormant seedings within you, your soul's encodement, power, and purpose and bring this forward with confidence and clarity through the power of your own voice. This show promises to boldly go where you've been before. You just need to remember. Be inspired. Become rewired with The Awakening Radio. Visit AwakeningRadio.com for weekly topics.
0: Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, Call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Dr. Cheryl Colin green joining me here today on the show, the author of An Intimate Life, uh, Sex, Love, and My Journey as a Surrogate Partner. And for many of you that watch the Golden Globes and all of the award shows um, out there, you know, you've Unless you were sleeping during the award presentation, you probably heard about the movie The Sessions. You probably saw Helen Hunt um, out there receiving uh, her due acknowledgement for her part in this. But the woman that was, how do we say it? The woman that was sort of behind the buzz about this was my guest today on the show. uh, And uh, the author of An Intimate Life, Sex, Love, and My Journey as a Surrogate Partner. Um, You know, Dr. Cheryl, thank you so much. For joining me here today, uh, it's
2: my pleasure.
1: <laughs> this is this had to be like an awesome journey for you, and I think in honoring you and what you've done, and and in the book and the movie, I think it's real important to get back to the conversation about intimacy. Yes. Uh, because the title of the book is called "An Intimate Life," and mm-hmm. I think that gets kind of lost in the shuffle of things. You know, it, it, when we don't stop for a minute and say why this is so important. I mean, I think all of us, when we saw that clip that played from the movie, I think all of us were in awe about that. And, you know, when we're we're sitting there and we're we're looking at John, you you know, just laying in the bed, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, oh, my God. Let's talk about intimacy and how you've redefined it for a lot of people.
2: Well, you know, I think a lot of people that I've worked with have just focused on having intercourse. And what I want, you know, I try to help people learn as the True intimacy is being able to just look into the other person's eyes and be able to really share who you are with them. And if you can be with somebody who's not judging you or not trying to dominate you and tell you what's right, if you're in a relationship like that, it's not an equal partnership. I mean, you want to be able to be yourself and you want to be able to share. And I think, ideally, the person that you're involved with intimately, whether it be your husband or your partner, partner, whatever relationship you choose, um, is to be safe with that person. Know that they're there for you. And that's that doesn't happen. A lot of people don't even think about that before they get married. A lot of people don't even think about how the bills are going to be handled, who's going to handle the money, how the children are going to be raised, whether there's going to be corporal punishment, or do you believe that you can talk to kids? I mean... So I, I, think before people get, emerge themselves into a relationship that they feel they're gonna carry with them for the rest of their lives or for whatever length of time, I think most people don't go into relationships or marriages thinking it's gonna end. But I mean, people need to, to make it a quality relationship. You have to be safe and you have to be with somebody you can, who can be your friend. And now that includes in the bedroom. Well, you can open up and you can say, you know, Han, this is wonderful, but I love this. I've learned this. I think we have to learn about our own sexuality individually. We have to feel more comfortable with our masturbation. We have to feel more comfortable with our nudity. Work on ourselves so that when we're there... We're equal, and we can talk to one another and, and and ask questions. I mean, I still ask my husband, how do I look when I leave the house, and he tells me, we have a joke where he'll say to me, oh, you look fine. And I always say, oh, I do? I look fine? Is that all <laughs> It's this, this experience we laugh about. But, I mean, people need to know that their partner is there for them and close to them. And if you don't feel like having sex, you have to be able to say, honey, you know what? I really am not in the mood. Sometimes you might even say, I'm not in the mood, but if we could hug and snuggle, maybe I will be, maybe I won't be, as long as that's, you know, I want you to be comfortable with that. But people don't think to say that. People have sex, sometimes women, because, you know, we don't have penises. We don't have to, we, we, we're available in some ways. But we need to acknowledge our own sacred sexuality, and be, be comfortable and not be doing things when we don't want to, because we wind up resenting each other. So, you know, looking where resentment comes in, it's because we're not being real with each other. So um, I'm all about having couples be uh, learn to look, learn to hold hands, learn to find intimacy in snuggling, learn to be open when somebody's not well. I mean, when I had cancer, I knew that my partner... And I were, you know, I, if I were, I was worried about leaving the planet because I didn't want to leave him. I knew how he'd miss me. But, you know, I knew he'd let me go. You know, that uh-huh. kind of intimacy. Um, that, there's so much more than sexual intimacy. <clears throat> Sometimes, a lot of times people have sex and it's not intimate. You know, right, it, it's, right. a, you know, being able to snuggle and laugh and, you know, humor, bring humor into the bedroom. I mean, all of those things create beautiful intimacy.
1: Well, you know, and this is really why I said it is, re- it, is, it is beyond time to have a different conversation about intimacy, and that's exactly what you're doing. You know, Cheryl, thank you so much. Thank you enough for joining me here today um, and for having the courage to bring this conversation uh, to the mainstream. Thank you so much for all oh, that you've done. Thank you very much for having me. I've
2: enjoyed it very, uh, so much.
1: Oh, my gosh. For those of you out there, read the book, An Intimate Life. Go see the movie, The Sessions, and most importantly, please reclaim your intimate life. Please reclaim it. That's what Dr. Cheryl Cohen-Green is all about reclaiming that level of intimacy for yourselves and for your children and for the world. Uh, Thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. For more information about us, go to thedrpatshow.com or what you could do is go to transformationtalkradio.com. All right, everybody, we will see you next time.
3: Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW, AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com.
1: Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. Drive.
2: heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, but I don't know about that. Love is officially in the air. Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show is showing you love all year long, not just for Valentine's Day. Dr. Pat, known for her pay-it-forward manifesto. Is now joined by the hosts on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm in love, baby, with Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Amazing hosts, incredible guests. Get your
2: groove on. Feel the love, be the love.
1: Host your own show. Let us help you bring your voice to the world.